6: And welcome to First Strike right here on VEASAN. I'm your host, Dave Ross. And for the next hour, we are talking all things UFC 268 from the Mecca. Madison Square Garden in New York on Saturday night. And what a card we have on display. Of course, we've got a couple title bats. We're going to talk... Uh, very in-depth conversations about with Kamaru Usman against Colby Covington and Rose Nam- Yunus against Weili Zhang. So Rose right now a small favorite, uh, excuse me, a small dog at plus 100. Colby Covington, the big dog at plus 250. Kamaru minus 320 on the comeback to keep his reign going at the welterweight division. Of course, we're going to have Nick Likas, Amber Dixon, Reed Kuhn, and Jordan Sherwood throughout this hour to break down everything from a gambling standpoint. But again, this card is so deep on the main card here after you get past the two title events you got Shane Burgos against Billy Q you got Frankie Edgar against Marlon Vera and you got Justin Gaethje the highlight against Michael Chandler so there are so many betting options to get to and let's start that conversation right now with Nick Likas, who sets those lines right here at Circus Sportsbook Nick boy we had UFC 267 last week we don't get any time off Right back to a massive card in New York City this weekend with 268. Let's look back to last weekend's card at 267. How did the books make out with the big underdog cashing as the new uh, light heavyweight champion in the world?
5: Saved our butts, to be honest with you. I mean, because it was a favorite type of card, right? And, I mean, let's face it. We we kind of knew and expected that going into it, that if all the parlays started hitting and all the favorites, all the chalk was hitting, it was going to be probably an ugly night. But thank you, Glover. I mean, that was a huge <laughs> upset. And the way he bet it, went, about, went about it is it's freaking awesome. I mean, the finish that he had, and he deserves it. I mean, we were t- talking about it for a while. I mean, he's been around the sport for so long, finally getting that opportunity in the right time, and he got it done. So yeah, it was, it
6: was amazing to see because it was almost a demolition of Jan Blachowicz that we I don't think we expected that. I was on the side sh- of share there, but again, it was more kind of rooting for the older guy to, to do well. He, he looks fantastic. Let's see how long that reign potentially could last. Let's talk about a reign that's in progress right now with Kamaro Usman. And, and I know, I look back in the fir- first fight against Colby Covington, and it was very competitive until the jaw got, got wired shut there uh, by the champ, and then it got stopped in the fifth and final round there as the Nigerian Nightmare got that win. Now he's a huge favorite that you guys have instilled here at minus 320. What, have you seen any money coming in on the American Challenger?
5: Um, not as much. I mean, we are getting some sharp action, of course, on Colby Covington as the price kind of climbs up right now, but the initial action was on Usman, and it betted up to over minus 300 now where you're seeing it market-wide. But I opened the line minus 265. Immediately, like I said, heavy, wow. sharp action coming in on Usman's side. Then parlays, of course. Everybody's throwing Usman in parlays. I mean, you got to expect that. So, But, at like I said, once it reached a certain point, we did get sharp action and buyback on Colby Covington. So it's good to see. And I think we will continue to see two-way sharp action on this fight. And, of course,
6: Nick, you did great work UFC on the line on UFC Fight Pass. Got to check out Nick there. Let's talk a little bit more about this because when I look at it, I say, boy, the line feels too big for me. When I look at the two best welterweights in the world, what style of of fighter? Are you seeing any any prop plays come in as far as overs on the rounds? Because I think people think we're going to see a repeat and this might go to a
5: decision this time. Didn't get all the way there the first time, but I think people are banking on a decision this time. Yeah, I think we're seeing some of the sharper action, and the sharper minds are kind of trending towards the over as well. And I think that's kind of correlated to the Covington side. If you're going to have any value, if you're going to look for any value there, because obviously both these guys can win on the scorecards. It's going to be another competitive fight. But, I mean, the plus 400, plus 500 that's out there on Covington is – are pretty tempting there for sure at that spot. So it is trending on the over three and a half rounds. And I think that's probably right. I hope we get to see it go that long because it should be a phenomenal fight.
6: Yeah, it should. So there again, you see the, the total rounds three and a half right now, juice to the over at minus 150. Let's go to the co-main event and what a fight this should be with Rose against Jay uh Zhe, Zhang Li here in their rematch. And again, I know there was some bad blood and some animosity in the first fight as Rose gets the belt, but she's never defended the belt. This is the second time she's been the champion at 115 pounds. And it feels like right now,
5: Wei Li Zhang is starting to take a lot of the action. She is. I mean, honestly, I opened at minus 115 when the market was the other way. So basically, virtually a pick anyway, right? Not much difference of where it's at now. Minus 120, minus 125 is out there for Zhang. But we got ahead of it a little bit. And I think just, you know, the first fight, she was close to a minus 200 favorite. It was kind of a a flash knockout type of situation. Not that it was lucky. I mean, Rose deserved to win that fight the way she did. It was phenomenal. But at the same time, I expect this fight to play out a little bit longer than that. And as it plays out, I think the advantage kind of lies with Zhang a little bit more so. So you have to favor her a little bit. That's what we did. And now the sharper bettors are coming in her way as well.
6: Yeah, and again, to your point that it might go longer, obviously, it was a first-round stoppage by Thug Rose the first time around. People are banking on this fight, also a title fight, five rounds. Uh, going deep into the New York City night? Are you seeing action go that way?
5: Yeah, we're seeing actually a lot of two-way action. There's a lot of split opinions here as well. So we are seeing some action on the over, but now we're seeing some sharp resistance coming in on the under as well. Because let's face it, I mean, in round four and round five, even if it goes that long, Zhang, I think, is going to be able to kind of use utilize her game plan and and kind of bust rose up on the feet a little bit mark her up and i think there's a potential stoppage on that side too so we could see it stop early possibly or late but i expect it as the fight progresses they're going to get beat up a little
6: bit and that's why you see the that that uh round prop there at four and a half juice to the over at minus 120 so again we are expecting both these fights both title fights to go long uh which would be a surprise if they get stopped early but again we were surprised the first time around with Rose getting that first round stoppage. Okay, let's go a little bit deeper here on this card because I want to go down to a couple fights here and I wonder if there's a lot of betting interest. I'll start off with Justin Gaethje against Michael Chan. we're here. I cannot wait to see this fight, Nick, right? It just yeah. it, it feels like stylistically it's going to be a showstopper for 3 rounds. Again, are you seeing more of the I would say the uh, conditioned UFC fan now? that they look forward to these fights just as much and show it by by the betting number uh, as they
5: would the, the main events. Absolutely. I mean, especially with two fighters like this, right? I, I, Gaethje is the human highlight reel, literally, literally right? Yes. And then Chandler on the other side of it, I mean, he, he sparks people left and right, too. So this is going to be one of the most exciting fights on the card. I mean, there's going to be a knockout finish on either side here, for sure. Somebody's going to get slept, and it's going to be an exciting fight. This is probably one of the most fan-friendly fights on the whole card, and we were just t- touching on the two title fights, which are going to be fantastic. So this is awesome. We are seeing more action coming in on Gaethje, though. Not a lot of respect on Chandler's side.
6: Wow, and it's it's interesting to me because, to your point, we just feel like even though it's a three-round fight that it's not going to go the distance here. So you see the total
5: rounds set at a round and a half. Are you getting two-way action here? We are, and a lot of split opinions here as well. Because, I mean, let's face it, seven and a half minutes isn't a long time to go if you're an elite-level fighter. They should be able to withstand each other, right? But again, we're talking about the power and the ability to finish fights at either side here, so that's where it's tempting, and a lot of people are coming on the under one and a half as well. So we are going to continue to see like two-way sharp action here because it, it is—it's very difficult. I think it's going to be right around that mark, right? It might just get out of that first round. If it does get out of the first round, it ain't going to be too far into the second round.
6: Yeah, it doesn't seem like it will. My dad taught me at a very young age, Nick: never bet with your heart, always bet with your head. Dad, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. I've never always followed that credo. So Hard to you, do when you see a fighter like Frankie Yeager, The answer, right? People love. Frankie Edgar, getting up there a little bit long with the tooth, taking on Marlon Vera here. What type of action are you seeing here? Because Frankie right now, plus 140 for the popular former champ.
5: Yeah, and I think a lot of the sharps out there are respecting Edgar, and we're seeing a little bit of action. This fight's not getting huge action. In comparison to some of the other fights we were just talking about, this fight's kind of trending under the radar a little bit, despite Frankie Edgar being a legend, future Hall of Famer, all that stuff. Uh, I just think that a lot of people are not sure where he's at in his career right now, and it makes it tough, right? And Vera, of course, he's on the t- trending up, right? right. He's, he's going the other way, and Frankie Edgar might be kind of on the way out the door. Hopefully not, though, right? I mean, but if anybody could pull off a win like this still, it's a guy like Frankie Edgar.
6: So I think that's being reflected in the price here, plus right. 140. There still is respect for Frankie Edgar, because I kind of feel like Vera might be the right side. That number's not getting too big. I wonder if it gets bigger before Saturday night actually begins one more fight in the main card. We've got Billy Q taking on Shane Burgos here. We know Burgos, so he's a... Had a rough couple outings here coming back in, so still a $2 favorite here over Billy Quarantillo,
5: how do you handicap this one? This one's tough, too, because I can understand Burgos being a favorite, but the price is a little tricky, especially, like you just said, coming out that crazy knockout loss. My that goodness. was brutal, man. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of knockouts like that, right? And Billy Q trending up as well. I mean, this guy's been on fire. His finish over Benitez in his last fight was phenomenal. Yeah. So this is going to be another fight that's just fantastic. And, again, that's why I made the pay-per-view card, because it's going to be fireworks. So action-wise, though, we are seeing two-way action. It's It's been bumped up a little bit. It's coming back down a little bit. So I think it's going to be another fight that continues to draw to action.
6: Again, here at Circa, uh, is this is going to be over at Bar Canada, is that correct? I believe so, yes. Okay, yeah. so w- when you get these crowds in before the pay-per-view starts, do you see action then come in on the prelims? Are yeah. people like, oh, fights are on, I almost forgot, before I get to the main event, how about the prelims? Do they start taking in some oh, action? Oh, for sure,
5: they come, you know, a lot of over-the-counter bets get made at that time as well. Yeah, when people, when we're having the watch party, either at the warehouse or, like you said, Bar Canada, there are a lot of people that hit the counters real quick before they, you know, Sit down and get settled into the, their seats or whatnot and we do see an uptick in action for sure so
6: of course with that fight being in new york city you still have a huge boxing event here with caleb plant taking on canelo alvarez what about the handle so far on that are you seeing a lot of action come in on the Ooh. big favorite here
5: uh actually we've seen a lot of heavy action especially early on coming on the underdog plants causing really? us to drop that line and play a little bit of defense you know because it's one of those things it's a high number i mean a championship bout right both fighters are tremendous of course canelo Pound for pound, a lot of people believe he's the best fighter, the best boxer on the planet right now. Hard to argue that. Right. So you got to respect that side. But we did see a lot of over the limit bets coming in on the underdog, causing us to drop the number. But now we are seeing some buyback on Canelo. A lot of parlays are coming in that way. So we're not as bad. But we had to put be a little defensive early on. And that's
6: I guess that's the point, right? Is that people are gonna go, I don't wanna lay a thousand on Canelo to win a hundred, right? So I'm gonna put him in a bunch of parlays. Do you see mixed parlays with, with boxing in UFC now? Oh,
5: Usman and Canelo. Uh, <laughs> That's a very fight. popular oh, play. It's probably one of the most popular parlays you know, of the weekend here, of course. And again, everybody's going to throw in their favorite NFL team or, or whatnot as well, right? Yeah, why not?
6: Why yeah. Make it go, go across different sports here. Uh, so very quickly, we talked about this before, Nick, but it is fascinating to me because – it's not that we're trying to make UFC the new kid on the block. It is boxing is still boxing, and we saw that with the Heavyweight Championship of the World, where you're still getting a massive volume
5: of tickets when you get a big-time prize fight. Is that still the case, even with a Canelo Alvarez fight? It is. I mean, for his draw is phenomenal. I mean, it's it's awesome. to See, I wish we had guys like this fighting a little bit more often, but I give Canelo a lot of respect because he is in the spotlight. He's not like... Shying away from fighting, not, you know what I mean? He's fighting a little bit more consistently than some of these other fighters are out there, so I, I like it. Yeah, but he's still a huge draw, and a lot of attention comes into the sports book when he's fighting.
6: It's still Canelo Alvarez, even though we have a massive UFC 268 card. So, again, you like boxing? I love it all. I like yeah. combat sports, so I'm not going to say you can do this one and not do that one. Let's do it all. Let's always have a good time. Uh, Nick, again, check it out. UFC Online on UFC Fight Pass. Always appreciate you coming in and talking the line here. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, much more First Strike to get to. Break down every single angle of UFC 268 when you come back with us. It is First Strike right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to get in on all the UFC 268 action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, and new users can bet $5 to win $200 on either main event fighter to win. Just use the code VEASAN when you sign up to claim this exclusive offer. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Back here on First Strike, I am Dave Ross, and it is always a pleasure to have Amber Dixon join us right here in studio Here in Circa as we talk all things UFC 268 and we'll sneak in some boxing because you're so well-traveled. You recently did a fight down in Mexico, and you did some translation in the ring.
2: Yes, Spanish to English and then English to Spanish, a bit of both. Um, for Roy Jones Jr., he has his own promotion, and their fights air on UFC Fight Pass down in Los Moches is where we were.
6: Very impressive. I struggle with one language. That's all I have, and I, I, I try to do I think you master that. it pretty I do well. I as well as I can. Let's talk about Kamaru Usman against Colby Covington here in the main event at UFC 268. Uh, at Madison Square Garden Amber, because I'm very intrigued by this fight. We had Nick Lekas just on the program here talking about setting this number and it just kept getting bet up, up, up. And now it's north of three dollars here at 320. Colby Covington, he's brash. He's not everybody's cup of tea. We know that. But right now, plus 250 on the buyback here, do you have any interest? Can I intrigue you in Colby Co- Covington at that plus price?
2: No, not at that price. You can't, but I would understand if people were willing to put down a little to win a lot in his situation, because according to most people, last fight between them was very close. But then you talk to some, and they say, no, just look at how many strikes were landed, and Usman was able to thwart anything that Covington did, which isn't quite true, but I thought it was a close fight. I'd be looking more for the props in this situation, and I'm thinking... Usman by KO. By
6: KO, so you can lower that 320 and then try to get the better value. Sure, I totally understand that logic. When I look at the the props for the rounds here, and this is where it gets interesting to me. So you got 3.5, juice to the over here at minus 150. To your point about the first fight, and it is so funny, and this is what fighters do, right? So Colby Covington says, oh, you got saved by the referee stopping it in the fifth round. And Kamaru Usman's like, dude, I broke your jaw. Your jaw. And it was, you had to have it wired shut. <laughs> so the fight scripts don't always follow the same. You know this in boxing. Sometimes the rematches are not the same as the first fight. Do you anticipate this to be a long night in New York? Or do you think that under might have some value under three and a half rounds?
2: Under may have some value. Um, I think that Colby Covington thinks he has a plan of playing it a little bit safer. He talked about in his new camp having... Um, More head movement, learning that, learning when to pick his shots and about timing. But you mentioned the word brash, and I think once he gets in there and gets hit, which he will because Usman is so dang precise, then he's going to get angry and he's going to overreact, and then he'll probably do some stupid moves that'll end up perhaps getting his jaw broke again. Oh
6: boy. So again, <laughs> that's what Colby Covington does. For those that don't know, he actually got kicked out of uh, ATT where they used to be training partners, Kamar Usman and Colby Covington. Now he's with MMA Masters. So I know some people there at MMA Masters says that you, you might want to expect a little bit different Colby Covington this time. You might see the wrestling come back. But then again, Kamar Usman this is one of the best wrestlers in the world, so try to find that pathway for Colby to win. Good luck.
2: They're both great wrestlers, and so I thought in their first fight they would be on the ground, but they decided to stand up, and uh, what most a striking bizarre th- match it was. Most
6: bizarre thing. Two decorated wrestlers. We get two stand-up fight- fighters uh, in that fight, so again, you see the long odds there. Uh, but everywhere else you look, everything is just about equal. Usman does have that reach advantage there. That was evident in the first fight with the striking discrepancy here. And Usman, let's just call it what it is, he's gotten so much better with his hands as his reign. And right now you can make the case the best UFC fighter on the planet might be Kamaru Usman. So we'll find out how that goes. Let's go to the ladies and talk about Thug Thug Rose against Wei Li Zhang here in the rematch here at 115 pounds. And you're seeing the money, it feels like, coming in on the Chinese challenger here in in Zhang, who used to be the belt holder. Mm -hmm. Rose beat her in a first-round knockout. Uh, TKO stoppage here the last time out. What do you make of this rematch? Because it does feel like there's still a lot of respect now for the challenger.
2: Yes, from what I've understood, Sharps are all over Wang, which is uh, impressive for her, for for Wiley Jing. Um, That was kind of a fluke, according to the Sharps that last fight, that uh, knockout loss via that head kick. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we saw that similar thing happen with Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm, and Ronda Rousey was never the same after that. So, for people to have so much faith in Wiley Zhang coming back and being competitive, it surprises me a little. Granted, she will be competitive, but I can't go against, ever go against Rose Dama Yunus.
6: No, it's hard to go against Doug Rose right now. It's all, to me, it's all about her headspace. When she is mentally there, I think she's the best woman on the planet at 115 pounds. But that's not always the case, right? And she talked about it when she lost to Jessica Andrade in her first title defense in Brazil. She said, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? And you could feel it. It feels like she's wearing it better the second time around. But again, she's technically never defended that crown. Let's see if she can do it on Saturday night. Again, to the fight script here, when you look at the over-under, and again, it was a first-round stoppage the last time. So people are going to go, wow, it's not going to go the distance. It's not going to go over four and a half. You think it goes over four and a half?
2: Oy, this one is so hard because I think of Zhang and the power that she has. It's so thudding. But what I like more about Rose is her movement. Both women are so, so tough that, yes, they can take it the distance, but shoot, they have so many wins by stoppage too. I don't know which one to go on that one.
6: It's a it's a tough one for me as well because it just feels like they've over-adjusted now to get to four and a half and juice to the over at minus 120. I go, boy, first one ended so quickly, but you understand that they do think it's going to be a different stylistic matchup and watch for Zhang to try to wrestle as well as what we believe to be theoretically the stronger woman in the octagon to try to take this fight down to the ground. If that happens, then the fight script for the over might make more sense.
2: Yes, and I also think she's been training with Henry Cejudo, and I think he's got a lot in her head that may be too much to learn for one fight, and she may be slowed down by that aspect of trying to overthink it.
6: Call him the messenger for a reason. He's sending out messages. Let's see if she receives those messages. All right, when you look at the main card here again, the fight that just grabs my eye, and I, I know it grabs fight fans' eyes out there, is the highlight. Justin Gaethje against Michael Chandler here. Chandler comes over from Bellator, and he destroys Dan Hooker, and he's going to be the guy. Then looks like he's got Charles Oliveira beat to be the champ, right? And somehow that fight doesn't get finished in the first round. He loses in the second round. And now a relatively big dog at plus 175. Have they forgotten? Or is this just love and respect for the highlight that is Justin Gagey?
2: And you know what? I have not ever really had a whole lot of love or respect for Justin Gaethje. <laughs> not, nothing personal. Yeah. But his style, I, I when you are based in wrestling and then you begin trying to be a boxer and knocking everybody out, he's mm-hmm. had success at it. But then we saw him go up against Habib Nurmagda one of the all-time greats. Didn't end well. Oh, gosh. He, he, he was embarrassed, you know. But mm-hmm. then we saw the same thing with Michael Chandler going up against competition that, well, just was a little bit out of his league, even right. though he did do well. So now I guess we can all agree on that this is going to end in a knockout, right? This is not going to go the distance. It,
6: you, you would think that. And again, you see that there, that the, the total rounds here at one and a half, Right. right? So it's right there in the middle because nobody thinks this fight's going to go the distance. So you know what's going to happen.
1: Probably going go to go the distance. <laughs> and
6: that's the thing. Like Gaethje is so tough in, in that he can take a take punishment, which is not the best fight script anymore for Justin Gaethje. He gets a little bit longer in the tooth, mm-hmm. right? But Changler doesn't go the distance. This no. is a guy that gets, even when he gets stopped and he gets stopped in the second round, he either gets stopped or stops, and normally he's doing the stopping. Yes. And these fights normally don't go. Uh, the, the, whatever the, the length is in this one being a three-round fight here. So I think most people think it will be stopped inside that round and a half. But to me, it's more of a point toss rather than Gaethje being that big of a favorite.
2: Well, and both of their last fights were finished within the first round and a half. But yes, uh, when you show all those props, I think the most value is Gaethje by KO.
6: By KO. Yeah,
2: I think he's the smarter fighter. He's been in there against, well, Habib Nurmagomedov. Let's see what he's learned from that. And can he... uh? Can he play it cool, be smart, weather the storm of Michael Chandler, and then. All that.
6: I know is on Twitter, it gets all the fire emojis I can put out or fireworks emoji. That that fight is just going to be sick. Yeah. All right, let's <laughs> talk a little boxing here, Amber, while we do have you here, and let's talk about Canelo against uh, Caleb Plant here. And again, we had Nick Likas on, and Nick said they're seeing a lot of action come in on the Challenger mm. here, now down to plus 600. Is Does he have a real shot
2: to pull the upset against Canelo? I don't see it. Who are these people that are putting this money down on him? <laughs> right. I I, I and, and it's not on a prop, it's just based on purely who's going to win.
6: And I guess they go for the the oh, you know, right, the undefeated and, and that sort of Unde- thing and the invincibility, you haven't been beaten yet.
2: Yeah, well, here's the thing is that Caleb Plant may be undefeated, but his resume is lacking. Mm. He just has not gone up against anybody all that impressive. His last fight was January this year against Caleb Truax who's no Canelo, and Caleb Truax gave him problems and landed plenty of right hands, which Canelo has a great right hand, I think this will go over nine and a half rounds. Over. That, that's the total, correct?
6: Okay, yeah, so you're going to go over the posted total.
2: I am going to go over. But you're not
6: back in the undefeated plant.
2: No, no, and, and I, you know, I've i known him ever since he moved to Las Vegas with the claim, I'm coming here to become world champion, and so many guys say that they're going to do that, he's and he a... actually did, but this is just different levels of competition. It's like a Ferrari and a Mustang.
6: All right, he's got his shot on Saturday night. Uh, Amber, always great to have you in the studio. Thank you very much for taking the time. Yeah. Much more First Strike. Reed Kuhn joins us on the other side of this break. It is Visa the Sports Betting Network. Here on First Strike on Vison. I am your host, Dave Ross. It is always a pleasure to be joined by Reed Kuhn talking all things UFC 268. Reed breaks things down from a very uh, analytical standpoint, and that's why I love having him on the program because, as we always say, the numbers do not lie, Reed, and you do a great job running those numbers. Let's talk about it and get right to it. I'm trying to find anybody that can say that Colby Covington at plus 250 is a live dog. Are your models backing me? Or are they saying no? 320 is not too big a number
3: to lay. Somewhere in between, unfortunately. Uh, We definitely backed Usman when they first fought, and the price was a little bit more affordable. And this time, the price opened up basically where the last one closed and then steamed from there. So this time, he steamed. I'm seeing a minus 300 all over the place. Um, He's flirting with that area where I don't really see a lot of value in a straight-up play, to be honest. Um, you know, Covington is still a dangerous guy. I don't see him having advantages here that can offer him the fight unless he's changed his fighting style. And Usman has been surviving, I think, against more dangerous strikers than Covington with his last several fights. So, you know, what Covington brings to the table is very effective. Normally he has a wrestling advantage and normally his high pressure game actually works and it just puts people in retreat mode. But that's not going to work against Usman. Usman probably has a wrestling advantage, not that we're going to see much of it. He's the harder striker. He's more accurate. And even when he's backpedaling, he's going to have the power. So I definitely see Usman here. Um, but at the current price, based purely on the numbers, we're not seeing a lot of value. But still not enough to go with the underdog.
6: Yeah, I'm right there with you, Reed, that I look at it and say, hopefully, that the training switch to MMA Masters for Colby Covington. Uh, but the word I'm getting is we are going to try to see that wrestling being engaged here. But to your point, Usman might even have the advantage on the ground if it does get down there. Are your models pointing to anything else that might have some more value in this uh, main event here if you're trying to find a, a different way than, than just laying the 320?
3: Well, if you're working on the presumption that Usman's going to be kind of in the driver's seat most of this fight, uh, the question is, Is will his power eventually pile up like it did last time? He got the finish last time. It was close. It was kind of a buzzer beater. Um, but also you know, broke Covington's jaw, allegedly, <laughs> even earlier in the fight. Um, so really, it's a—it's more of a will he or won't he get the knockout, in my opinion, and it's a close call. Um, not sure where the props stand on that. I think my approach is just I'm going to be looking for another safe play and uh, mixing in Usman and maybe a two-way parlay, but that's probably the only angle I see here.
6: Yeah, it's a great, call, great call because again, the total rounds three and a half. If you think that Covington can withstand it for five rounds, maybe Usman by decision at plus one sixty-five. Could be a way to go. But to your point, Reed, he did get that stoppage in that fifth round. And right now, he's been stopping everybody. Ask Jorge Masvidal, ask Gilbert Burns. I mean, they're just dropping like flies against this guy. So if you take that that wager at, at the decision, enter at your own risk. Let's talk about the co-main event here at 115 pounds. Rose Nama Yunus going to put her belt on the line in a rematch against Jiang Wei Li here. And it feels like Wei Li right now is getting a lot of the action coming her way. Reed, what are you seeing when you run those models?
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a close matchup. Uh, we definitely backed Rose in the first fight, and I think she was still an underdog. It was interesting, this week, I thought she was a favorite early on. Today I look, now she's a ever-so-slight underdog. Maybe the line's flipped. Who knows where it lands on fight night. She does have some fan support. Um, but I think the same dynamics are in play here. Nothing's changed from the last fight. Now, Zhang maybe is training in a new camp and changing her style, um, but it's really Zhang's, pressure volume it's kind of a Covington versus Usman situation we got Rose being the more powerful striker the more dangerous striker but Zhang being high volume but in this case I think the difference on the mat also favors Rose she clearly has a better submission game and I think people are forgotten about that so she can finish this on the feet she can finish it on the ground Um, if she gets into a point striking fight for five rounds that's where I see Zhang maybe swaying a few rounds and that's where it's dangerous Um, But I I still see value on Rose, especially at even or plus money.
6: Right now, plus at plus 105 here. And again, when you look at Rose by decision, it's plus 300. And we're seeing the rounds prop here, Reed, four and a half, right? And by the way, slightly juiced to the over at minus 120. And that first fight did not last very long at all. Is this an overreaction that people just assume will get the fight this time that they thought they were going to get the first time?
3: Yeah, that might be it. Um, it. It's it's weird to see reactions in rematches uh, because when you're evaluating a rematch, one of two things needs to change your opinion. Either you think something fluky happened in the first fight or one fighter has made significant adjustments and the other one has faded. And I don't really see either of those factors at play here because I saw Nami Yunus as the more dangerous power striker in the first matchup and she did it. And I think she was also winning up until that head kick um, so she looked great in the last fight. I don't think we see anything different here. Uh, so she still has the finishing threat. I just don't want her to get into a cardio burner with Zhang because we've seen that she can put her foot on the gas and actually go five rounds.
6: Yeah, absolutely. The the, the fight, obviously. Uh, Ioana, young Jacek, one of the best fights we've ever, ever seen at 115 pounds, to your point, Reid. Uh, let's talk about the uh, real estate guy that's fighting. That's Ally Quinta, right? And he's getting some plus money here, plus 155 against Bobby Green. And look, it, it just... Bobby Green just doesn't fight dull fights here, so he's minus 180. Stylistically, it feels like an interesting matchup. What are you seeing in the models?
3: Yeah, the numbers really like Bobby Green here, and I was a little bit surprised to see how much they like him. Um, Iaquinta, you know, kind of a grinder, uh, two levels, boxes well, but also is willing to wrestle, has that base. And Bobby Green can be a frustrating fighter to watch. You know, he's constantly shaking his head, talking to his opponent, Mm -hmm. pretending that he's not hurt. Um, And he'll do that right up until the point of unconsciousness like he did against Dustin Poirier. Uh, But it it is kind of effective. I don't know what it is about the riddle of fighting Bobby Green, but he is hard to hit, uh, harder to hit than Iaquinta. uh, And Bobby Green is a more accurate striker. So you combine those two things. I think if they are just in a point-striking game, he edges those rounds. And I don't see I'm, – I'm hoping that he keeps Aya Quinta chasing. Aya Quinta, probably his best chance is to drag, him, drag Green down and just yes. be in top control. Um, I do see this going the distance. I don't, I'm don't. i not seeing a lot of finishing potential on either side really, but the numbers really like Bobby Green here.
6: All right, that's interesting too because I, I'm with you on that. I think the fight script uh, plays out that way that you're going to see Aya Quinta chasing and try to make this a wrestling contest, and Bobby's going to move as he always does. So I, I tend to to agree with you there. Might want to take that play that this fight would go the distance here. Uh, let's talk about Frankie Edgar because look, it's intriguing when you get you know some some guys that former champions and certainly there's a love affair with Frankie Edgar uh, in in that crowd at New York City. That's for sure. Plus money against Marlon Vera. What are you seeing here when you run those models?
3: Yeah, I'd rather back Edgar as an underdog than as a favorite. Um, he certainly has been a value play for a long, long time. I think there was an analysis I ran years ago on if you just bet on every fighter in the UFC blindly, like they were a stock price. You know who would have returned the best value? And Frankie Egger was one of those guys. He went in, manhandled BJ Penn, um, just looked unstoppable at lightweight, no less. And here he is now, 20 20 pounds lighter. Um, so he's an interesting guy. From people underestimating him, and wrestling is you know maybe underestimated. But he doesn't always use it, and that's gotten him into some trouble, I think. Um, the numbers do like the value here on Edgar. I would play him at plus money. I'm hoping that he wrestles because that is the advantage. Marlon Vera has not been particularly good on the ground in terms of wrestling anyway, in terms of control. He does have submissions, uh, but Edgar's been there before. He's been you know fighting dangerous people and grinding them down. Um, I'm just hoping that Edgar survives the boxing long enough. He does have decent hands. It's not that Vera is technically dangerous. He's wily. He's unorthodox. He has power. He scored knockdowns. At this point, Frankie Egger, 40 years old, he's been dropped eight times in his career. You don't see that number very often because people don't make it to that number very often. <laughs> so that is dangerous. Um and, and we saw that in his last fight against Sandhagen. He took the knee, he was out cold. Uh, So barring another flying knee, will lightning strike twice? I don't know. But I hope that Edgar just turns this into a grinder, fights his fight, and takes it to a decision and gets the upset.
6: Yeah, I I think most people, he's certainly going to have the crowd uh, in his corner on Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. It feels like outside of the two title fights, this is the fight that really is the most highly anticipated fight of the evening here. I was surprised to see Gaethje this big a favorite here over Chandler, what are the numbers telling you?
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't really qualify for modeling purposes because Chandler hasn't had enough time in the octagon. He's only had two fights and they were pretty short fights, uh, at that. Um, so this doesn't really qualify for n- usual numerical analysis. I will say both guys have shown power. Uh, Chandler, I'm surprised when he loses, he has been knocked out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And in a fight with Gechi. You have to overwhelm him. He has a chin that is crazy, and he hits you so hard and makes you pay for that that strike. So, in a shootout, I think I like the durability of Gechi better to be the difference. They're both going to hit hard. Just which guy is going to withstand it better? Uh, Gechi. You also get those crazy leg kicks. Um, I, you know, again, not a purely quantitative assessment. My lean is Gechi here based on the durability. I am like you, probably like everybody, expecting fireworks and probably someone's getting knocked out eventually.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Cannot wait for that fight. And again, the over-under is set at, at one and a half rounds in that three-round fight. I don't think anybody expects this to go to the distance, which means it'll probably go the distance. Reid Coon, always appreciate the time and the information and certainly your analysis. We'll catch you next week right here on First Strike.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest
1: paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought...
6: DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to get in on all of the UFC 268 action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and new users can bet $5 to win $200 on either main event fighter to simply win. Just use the code VSON when you sign up to claim this exclusive offer. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Dave Ross back here on First Strike on VEASAN. A pleasure to have Jordan Sherwood rejoin the program jordan always great to catch up with you at espn chicago is it getting cold back home in chicago these days
1: yeah just a little bit a couple of kids that have never seen snow so they don't know what's coming uh in the next couple of months but nonetheless still doing okay enjoying some uh, i guess uh, nice fall weather as we head towards uh <laughs> the back half of the year if you will
6: it's going to be on fire saturday night at madison square garden in new york yeah. city so let's get right to it jordan because i can't wait for this card uh, obviously when you have Kamaru Usman going up against Colby Covington here and Rose Nami Yunus taking on Zhang Wei Li here in the two main events here uh, for belts on the line. Let's talk about Usman against Covington because we've seen the money obviously still come in on the Nigerian nightmare here at minus 320, a huge number. Jordan, is there any chance and any value that you see potentially in the underdog?
1: I mean, look, he's an outstanding fighter uh, and he's, probably rightfully the number 2 or number 1 fighter at 170 pounds. And I, and I've heard some analysts say that yes, Kobe Covington is certainly worth a look if it trends up to plus 290, plus 300. But in my opinion, this is this is a stay away fight for me at least from a betting perspective unless you believe, you know, Usman's going to get the finish again. Kamaru Usman is in my mind one of the best fighters we have, not just currently in the UFC, but maybe of all time. I mean, he's getting close to the record set by George St. Pierre in the welterweight division, both for wins consecutively and title defenses. I mean, this is one of the best fighters that we've ever seen, and he's only getting better. He is, between the two of them, at least if you look on paper at the last couple of fights that each of them have had since they last fought, Usman's 20 times better than when he was fighting against Colby Covington. So I think Kamaru Usman wins the fight, uh, but again... A $3.20 price, it's not worth the value unless you believe that he gets the finish. And I'm not sold on that. I I think that, yes, he did get the finish the last time against Covington. I'm not sure it happens again. I'm picking the over. I'm picking Usman to retain. But I think I just stay away and enjoy the fight of two of the top fighters at 170.
6: Uh, Absolutely. Jordan, to that fight script there, would you then be entertained by Usman by decision to get the plus value at plus 165, if you don't necessarily think that he gets the stoppage, but that Colby can't win on points, would that be the best way to maximize your betting dollar if you wanted to back the Nigerian nightmare?
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and granted, we've seen Usman get the finish the last couple, couple of times that he's been in the octagon. He looked impressive, obviously, in that knockout over Jorge Masvidal. Um, but I think this is a fight that he's going to be you know, a little bit cautious, tentative in the early rounds, see what Colby Covington's going to bring to the table. Uh, and, and, and certainly utilize what he's learned from Trevor Whitman, uh, you know, uh, his new coaching staff at Elevation Fight Team. And granted, too, you got, I think, factors in. You've got two other fighters on this main card also in training camp, including the champion, Rosnam and Yunus. So I think that's an advantage for Kamaru Usman. And yeah, plus value on decision, probably the, the direction that I would go
6: in this one. Yeah, Trevor Whitman's got three fighters on the main card. It's going to be a very busy night for Trevor as well. So let's talk about Thug Rose, as you mentioned, as she tries to get her first title defense against the woman she beat to get the crown, and that is Zhang Wei Li here. But it feels like Wei Li is getting a little bit of the action here in The Love, as she is now the small favorite at minus 125. What do you make of this line adjustment?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm actually not surprised. I mean, this is who Rose Nam and Eunice is. She's always disrespected. She's always coming in a, a, as that underdog. And, you know, once again, as a defending champion the one that, that finished, uh, you know, Lele, uh, in the first round of their last fight. But yeah, an unbelievable head kick, you know, doesn't get the respect that she deserves. I'm probably going to wait until fight night, close to the action, grab the underdog, who, whomever it is, because I think. Both of these ladies stylistically match up great. I, I don't see either one really having an advantage no matter where. I guess technically go you know, with Rosnam, Rosnam and Eunice from a striking standpoint because of her reach, because of the variety that she brings in. But, you know, Whaley's got a you know, better puncher, you know, power puncher. Um, so I think I wait. So I guess as that line currently stands, Rosnam and Eunice would be the play because she's the underdog heading into this fight, but it should be a, a fantastic fight nonetheless. I'm going to lean towards the underdog, whoever it is, come fight
6: night. All right, talking with Jordan Sherwood, ESPN Chicago. Let's talk more about UFC 268 because the card is just electric, Jordan. And let's stay with, I, I got to think that Frankie Egger at Madison Square Garden, not too far from his Jersey roots. It's going to be a, a big home field advantage, if you will, against Marlon Vera here. But Vera is the favorite at minus 160. What do you make of this matchup?
1: Yeah, forget forget the age difference between the two guys. I love Frankie Edgar in this fight. I think this is a similar matchup to the last time that he won, which was against Pedro Munoz uh, you know, in a main event fight at Bantamweight. Frankie doesn't look good the last time out. Obviously, when you get knocked out via flying knee from Corey Sanhagen 15 seconds into a fight, you're not going to look good. But But the combination of still, his variety of striking, the speed that he fights with, point fighter, And Marlon Vera, you know, he's obviously been in the headlines. He got a lot of love for his victory over Sugar Sean O'Malley a couple of fights back. Not a guy that really pulls the trigger at times when he should. I think this is going to be a stand-up fight. I think this is going to be a fight that Frankie Edgar can win uh, at distance and via points. And he has to utilize his grappling, his wrestling. He still can. And he's still got speed at 40 years of age. So I think it's recency bias uh, for the two guys. It puts Vera as uh, the favorite. Edgar as the underdog. I still like Frankie Edgar. I think he can compete with the upper echelon of this in this division. But frankly, Marlon Vera is not in the upper echelon of this division. So uh, I'll grab Frankie Edgar, the former champion, uh, at plus money for sure. I think he gets his hand raised. And you're right. Fighting in Madison Square Garden, something else for Frankie Edgar to to hold his hat high on. I love him as the other dog tomorrow night.
6: Yeah, I mean, look, people can say, well, that doesn't matter. He can only have one person inside that octagon. You do feel that. He's going to feel it Saturday night. That is for sure. I know that two guys, when they get done fighting, are going to feel it no matter how it breaks down, and that's Justin Gaethje against Michael Chandler. And, and Jordan, I look at this fight, and I just go, there's no way this can't be exciting, right? I mean, we just know, it, you know, from a fight script standpoint, it's going to be a fan favorite here. Justin Gaethje is yeah, a fan favorite, right?
1: And I mean, a- look, but you say that, though, and then you like you think back to, like, Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou, and that was the worst fight like in, <laughs> UFC history. So, yeah, this should be a banger. It should be a fantastic fight. Two guys actually that have some animosity. Two guys that like want to put themselves right back in the mix in the lightweight division for a championship title shot. Both guys coming off of losses in title fights need something to prove. Both guys wrestling backgrounds, power punchers. I, look, I, I'm going to say Gagey wins this fight. I think he's got more variety. He's got the bigger, you know, the better chin of the two. But I think the better play, the safer play, is on the round total. I'll take the under. I don't think there's a feeling out period at all between these two guys. I think you're going to go in, and, and, and both of them are going to try and knock each other's block off, and I'll grab Justin Gagey. He's more familiar with those firefights. He's more familiar with getting into, into the pocket. And, and Chandler's going to have to get that. He's going to have to take one to give one. It's not a recipe you like against a guy like Justin Gagey, who can take one to give two. So I like Justin Gagey, but $2, dollars two twenty-five, 25 not worth it for me. So I'll just grab the under at a dollar fifteen. That's the price. That's a play that I love for uh, tomorrow night. I love that rationale because,
6: again, you're getting two fighters that are knockout specialists for the price of one to take that under instead of laying the bigger number on Gagey against Chandler because I do. I think this is a dangerous opponent here. And Michael Chandler almost had Charles Oliveira stopped in that title fight. And then, of course, Oliveira got the stoppage in the second round. It's going to be crazy. Very quickly, have about a minute to go here, Jordan. Is there another fight on this card that you think from a maybe a monetary standpoint that you can find some real value in?
1: Yeah, Chris Burnett. I mean, look, I-, I liked him in his heavyweight fight against John Volante. And then now I'm hearing John Volante is going to retire after this fight. Look, and I know it's, it's a coin flip sometimes when guys announce their retirement prior to a fight. You hear rumors about it. But this guy kinda me Vellante gave up a couple of fights back when he moved from light heavyweight to heavyweight. He's looked lethargic, he's looked out of shape, he's lost the two heavyweight fighters that currently aren't in the UFC. Barnett's a fun fighter, he's an active heavyweight, and albeit he lost his UFC debut against Ben Rothwell on short notice, by the way. I think Barnett wins. I think he wins via knockout violently. Uh and John Vellante retires. Good for him. He's been a fun fighter during his career, but I'll take Chris Mardyn, especially as an underdog. I mean, I mean, he's got knockout power, so I'll grab him. Certainly some value there.
6: Yeah, getting that plus money there at plus one ten. Jordan Sherwood, great time uh, conversating about UFC two sixty eight as always. ESPN Chicago, get ready for those winter months, my friend. We'll catch up again soon.
1: All right, yeah, it's gonna be a long winter by the way the Bears play. So yeah, we're looking forward to it.
6: That's why we're gonna watch that UFC fight on Saturday night. Thanks to Nick Lucas, to Amber Dixon, to Reed Coon, and to Jordan Sherwood. Thanks for watching. First strike right here on VEASAN. Enjoy the fights. We'll see you next week. slash compatibility.